Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Helium 10 Weekly Buzz. My name is Shivali Patel, and this is the show where we get you familiar with the latest news in the Amazon and e-commerce space, interview people in the industry you need to hear from, and provide a training tip of the week that will give you serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the Amazon, Walmart, and e-commerce world. Let's see what's buzzing this week. Today, we will cover a decision reversal from Amazon UK, among other breaking news pieces, and get you familiar with an exciting new series Helium 10 is conducting in partnership with an extremely knowledgeable sourcing guru. Up first is an update on the Call Me Now feature. I'm pleased to share that Account Health Support has expanded its on-demand service to 100% of professional sellers in 2022. In 2021, Amazon had launched a Call Me Now support feature for some of their sellers that could be accessed through their account health page. In 2022, they've now extended that coverage to 100% of professional sellers. That is, if you are a seller who is paying for a professional account. This expansion comes as a needed addition to existing preventative support since it facilitates sellers with the capability to proactively connect with the Amazon team to resolve account health issues and answer any concerning questions. This includes, but is not limited to things such as order defect rates, chargebacks, intellectual property violations, and more. Our next update in the Amazon space is specifically for the Amazon UK market. If you didn't know, originally Amazon UK's website had told customers it will stop accepting payments made with UK issued Visa credit cards from January 19th. That is today. The decision was cited due to high fees that Visa charges for processing credit card transactions, and it was going to impact millions of people. Basically, anyone that was using a Visa credit card to buy products on Amazon UK's website and or pay for their Amazon Prime membership. But that decision has now been reversed, and the e-commerce company has announced that the expected change regarding the use of Visa credit cards will no longer take place, and they're working closely with Visa for a potential solution so that customers can continue using their Visa credit cards on Amazon. And in the case that they make any changes, they have also planned to provide advanced notice. So if you're a paying customer that is watching or you know somebody who's a paying customer uh, with a Visa credit card in the Amazon UK market, you can rest easy for now. Something else to keep in mind that was just released today in Seller Central is based on FBA shipment policies. So effective from April 1st, 2022, if you send canceled or deleted shipments to Amazon, your shipments can be rejected and even suspended going forward. The delay can be a result of deleting shipping plans after you've approved them, misrouting shipments, and sending incomplete shipments, such as shipments that are either canceled or deleted after the fact, as the as this can cause a need for further processing, handling, and rerouting. In the past, some sellers, uh, just in order to bypass having to send items to multiple fulfillment centers, would only send to one of the two or three warehouses that they were assigned and then try to delete other shipments. But now, this means that to ensure you are abiding by the regulations and keeping your account abilities in good health, After approving a multi-destination shipping plan, do not delete any part of that shipment or send the shipment along a different route. The last bullet in that newly released article states that communicate with your career to 
ensure that your shipment is delivered to the address on the FBA box ID label as soon as possible, but no later than 30 days. But there are some sellers that have been confused about that because uh, shipping now from China takes anywhere between 60 to 90 days. And we've seen some sellers reach out to Amazon for clarification on this. And we should be on the lookout uh, just in case that 30-day rule only applies to domestic shipments. Lastly, Amazon also just released yesterday that they've observed a increased uh, incidence of price gouging, particularly on COVID products. Uh, I believe this comes with the rise of Omicron and just some of the other variants. So you guys just be mindful of the marketplace fair pricing policy that protects customers from unfair, excessive and misleading prices and non-compliance with the policy that can uh, trigger offer removal and account suspension. While their prevention systems do take variations of local laws into con consideration, they also do evaluate the cost of goods, freights, and uh, labor to adjust those price gouging thresholds, okay? Uh, if your listing's been impacted by what I just mentioned, be sure to visit the pricing health page to view and restore any listings that may have been deactivated in accordance with the fair pricing policy. So that is all the breaking news we have for you today. Let's move on to the next segment. So usually on these weekly buzzes, we typically bring a person on to interview uh, for you guys, and we provide you with a tip of the week. But this week is a little bit different. I want to first begin this uh, second portion of today's episode by telling you about a special someone who is one of the leading sourcing experts in the world. He's someone who's personally visited over 500 factories, attended more than 20-plus Canton fairs, and sourced over 2,500 products, even going on to work with multiple infamous big, brand, big brands. Um, he specializes in everything from product design to manufacturing best practices, price negotiation, etc. And if you follow Freedom Ticket Extra, uh, you might know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Kian Golsari. So what I'm about to share with you is a clip from a new series that Helium 10 is doing in partnership with him and his YouTube channel, which is called Sourcing with Keon. The series is intended to be a place you can turn to uh, when you want updates every few weeks on the most current sourcing and shipping uh, issues coming out of China. And whenever there is a new episode, we'll showcase a snippet on the Helium 10 Weekly Buzz just to keep you guys up to date too, since... Uh, sourcing and shipping is such a large part of the e-commerce world. So in the video clip that is about to play in just a moment, Keon talks about a summary of supply chain in 2021. Of course, don't forget to head over to his channel and subscribe to watch the full clip. But uh, for now, here are six of the eight topics that he covers in that first episode. 2021 supply chain summary. Here we go. Eight main topics that we're going to cover. The first one, the freight situation, we don't need to go into too much detail because even if you're not uh, involved in e-commerce and you're just beginning the journey now, I'm sure you heard a lot about it in the news uh, about the prices soaring and they kept continually going up uh, across the year and the prices actually stayed up because we had a lack of capacity. We had port closures in both the China side and in the US side. We had Long Beach port where all of the container ships sort of like with tens of 20,000 um, containers all on a vessel and we saw like 40, 50, up to 100 vessels getting stuck there. Then we had, you know, containers going to, um, vessels going to different ports to try and ease that congestion. Uh, but the capacity remained an issue all year long. 
On top of that, we had the Suez Canal issue, uh, which blocked uh, the Suez Canal, that big massive uh, vessel, and then that messed up the flow of empty containers uh, going back as well, caused a lot of delays, uh, and then just the capacity issues as well. Uh, the prices drive up because there was less capacity, there's less capacity because the um, containers are getting stuck in the US and the empties are not going back to China but there's more there's a lot more business coming out of China with less containers to actually use which is causing the prices to go up now we will see that decrease uh, after Chinese New Year uh, not only sea freight but all modes of transport were affected air freight was also affected because uh, there was a less commercial airlines in the air and for air freight and air cargo they use commercial airline space as well that drove the price up a little bit and also with trucking as well, chassis uh, were low in capacity, drivers were low in capacity as well. Uh, so you saw a lot of delays with trucking, you saw a lot of delays with sea freight, a lot of price increases with both and air freight as well. Now, moving on to the next topic, um, the power outage situation in China as well. What's interesting to cover here was that I think it was around about October, uh, we noticed that a lot of factories were actually shutting down or they're operating under less capacity. And the main reason for that is, you know, I lived in China for many years and uh, the main energy source in China comes from coal production, but coal production is a massive pollutant and that's what causes those big polluted uh, black skies. So in order to reduce the pollution, uh, when it gets too much, and it was getting too much because factories were working overtime because there were so many different demands on manufacturing. So the government just decided, right, cut it off. And in that way, they won't go over their quota for their uh, energy output. And then as a result, that not only affected the factories, but it also uh, affected the just the human side, like the workers as well, going home. They didn't have electricity, they didn't have heating, they couldn't cook their food. Uh, traffic lights were going out. It caused all sorts of messes uh, in China. And then the, the power came back on and we saw the factories start to operate at about 40% capacity. And the power outage situation only operate, only sort of covered maybe 40-50% of China, but it's still relevant because that situation could go on until March next year. And with it being winter time at the moment, there's gonna be a lot more demand on energy. So watch that situation closely. The power could get cut again. So definitely check in with your manufacturers to see that their power situation is okay. And if you don't have backup suppliers, now would be the absolute best time to have backup suppliers so you won't be affected if it happens again. Covering raw materials, uh, what did we notice there? Well, raw materials can come in many different shapes, sizes, and forms. You know, you've got your steel, you've got your aluminum, you've got your lumbar, you've got your plastic, um, wood, coal, minerals, all that sort of stuff. And whenever there's a shortage, that's when price increases. And you might be thinking, well, why, why does raw materials uh, affect me? Why do I need to stay on top of that? Why do I need to know what's going on? Well, imagine your supply chain, you have like tier one and tier two suppliers. If you're doing, let's say, a metal product like an outdoor furniture chair and they have steel or aluminium legs well the the factory making that chair for you isn't also producing the metal they're going to get their steel from a steel raw material factory so if there's a shortage of steel or if there's a price increase in steel that's going to then affect your, the price of your goods and I kind of view it as like my furniture chair factory is my tier one supplier but then the raw material factory making the actual um, steel which then the furniture factory is going to twist and bend into your chair is that your tier two suppliers so you should be very familiar of what's happening with your tier one and with your tier two suppliers now i'm sure this is an easy one to guess here we can see there's the carton so this is referring to the warehouse 
situation. I'm sure everyone's affected by what was going on in their supply chain with warehouses. Uh, as we know, at the start of the year, Amazon had their inventory limits, uh, which made it a little bit more difficult in terms of how much stock we could send into Amazon. So then we had to decide, okay, do we want to do in-house uh, warehousing? Can we, do, can we hold stuff in our own warehouse, in our own homes? Uh, what can we do about it? How often can we send goods into Amazon? As well as that, a lot of companies were growing in the last year as well. And as you're growing, but Amazon's reducing how much stock you can hold in, you have to rely on your 3PLs a lot more. So do you have good 3PLs? Do you have good supply chain partners? Uh, you might be increasing your stock levels as well because of the shipping delays and because of the trucking delays. So you might be ordering more stock, so you have to hold more stock. So you have to really make sure you're getting the best rates. And as well, you know, these are quite interlinked because when we talk about the shipping situation, um, based on the shipping delays, you're holding on to more stock, but you might also be shipping to different ports as well, because when there's that backlog at LA port, we might decide, okay, now we're gonna ship into Oakland, or now we're gonna ship into Houston, and now what is the trucking cost of getting our goods uh, from Houston? Do we need to get a 3PL, which is closer to Houston now, uh, or do we need to get a more centralized warehouse if we're shipping to both ports? So a lot of these sort of supply chain uh, challenges we had to figure out, um, in 2021, but don't worry if you haven't gone through those situations yet. Every month, every episode, we're gonna cover these topics and what we can do about it. Today's video is just the overall summary. Now the fifth point, you can probably tell by that logo, that's quite an easy, easy one to get. This is all about supply chain responsibility. And this was a key topic, um, not just dealing with all the problems we had, but supply chain responsibility is something which has been emerging and growing uh, over the years and as we get, you know, further on in time and as technology advances, this is gonna be a topic which is gonna become more and more important. And it's not only being responsible in your supply chain with your tier one and tier two suppliers, but also what materials do you use? You know, we talk about raw materials that you incorporate into your products that are responsible, that are recyclable, that are, that are organic, that are not destroying the planet. Um, you know, <laughs> limiting the amount of plastic you use, the packaging that you use, can it, be, can it be a function of the product? Can the packaging then be reusable? Can it be um, a use of the product? Can it carry the product? Um, not only to transport the goods like to the store or uh, as delivery, but can you also make use of it? Like, could it be a pouch uh, that holds the product when you go to the beach, if it's a yoga mat or if it's a towel uh, or anything like that? And also is the packaging recyclable? Because, you know, that also links to the power outage situation as well you know like are you getting good quality controls are you making sure that your your products are fit for industry standards they, they don't end up in a landfill they don't end up in a dumpster so then we have to make more goods out of china then the energy consumption is more than the power outage situation is more and then the demand on freight and capacity is more. So in my mind, it all stems from having a responsible supply chain to making sure that you are using sustainable materials uh, when you can, that you are using recyclable packaging, uh, that, you aren't, that, you, that you are testing to the highest standards to make sure that all your products are fit for purpose and compliant to the highest standards so they don't end up in a dumpster or a landfill. So supply chain responsibility is gonna be a key focus and something we're really gonna take a deep dive into as well. Now we had three more. Uh, can you guess what they are? That's not my phone number. Um, this umbrella, can you guess what that is? Umbrella symbolizes insurance. Now we've got two types of insurance. We've got product insurance and we've got transport insurance. And those were a key feature in 2021 as well. Uh, product insurance because uh, as we said, being compliant and making sure our goods don't end up in a landfill, uh, making sure that we're manufacturing our goods to the highest standards. And then if there was any mistakes in the, in the supply chain process, in the production process that came from our manufacturers, well, making sure that we're not personally liable for it and that we get compensation if we get any damaged stock that we can't sell. 
The other thing was transport insurance. You saw what happened in the Swiss Canal and transport insurance is becoming more and more popular to make sure that if there is a delay and that you are out of stock as a result of that delay in freight, that you are now getting compensation for that because you got um, insurance on your transport. So two key uh, factors to look into if you are growing into a big seller, it's gonna be very, very important going into 2022. Great stuff, right? Make sure that you check out that full video. And to close out today's episode, I just wanna wrap things up by mentioning that we currently have over 20 positions open at Helium 10. So we would love to have you join our team. Just visit www.helium10.com slash careers to see if becoming my colleague is fitting for you. With that, that is it for today. We'll catch you next week on the Helium 10 Weekly Buzz.